technical difficulties have occurred. This is not art. Coming up next at our show. This is not news. The news. This is not news. Now, welcome back to the show. This is Park Hopping Podcast Number Seventy Two. DCA Stories of California. Celebrating over 12 years of posting Disney stuff on the internet. This is another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan from DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 72, the podcast that proves anyone can have their own podcast. Welcome back to the Park Hopping Podcast, brought to you live and direct from the beautiful seaside village of Des Moines, Iowa, where I now know there's at least one Park Hopping Podcast listener. So hello to Rob, all the way over in West Des Moines. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, I told you about how a music file I created about ten years ago ended up in an arcade crane game called Pirate's Chest. I also talked a bit about the website mousebits.com where you can go and download tons of bootleg Disney audio and video files. Well, today I actually want to get back to some park audio and share with you another extinct attraction, or in this case, a show from the original version of Disney's California Adventure Park. But first, I have a quick addendum to the Pirate's Chest story from the last episode, and before that, I wanted to share something rather surprising I discovered um, just this past week or so. Something odd happened in the month of July, and maybe somebody out there can help me figure out just what it was. For some reason, I saw more downloads of my crappy podcasts this past July than ever before, specifically with my 3D Disneyland video podcast. Instead of the uh, few thousands of downloads per week like I'm used to, my server logs show over 27,000 downloads per week, and I have no idea why. I've never seen this much activity on my podcast server since I started doing these things back in August 2005. Now, I suspect I was just mentioned on some high-profile website again, like when boingboing.net linked to my 3D videos a few years ago, and the increased traffic back then took my site offline temporarily. Because of that, I souped up my server quite a bit, which is good because I got boing-boinged a second time, and that time everything went smoothly. So if anyone out there has a clue what could have caused tens of thousands of downloads to my 3D videos this past July, please drop me a note. I'd really like to know why. Podcast at DisneyFans.com. Thanks. Next up, an addendum to my story about the Pirate's Chest crane game that is playing my arrangement of the Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me MIDI file I created about 10 years ago. I did some searching and found a distributor of the game, and I wrote them to ask who made it. They wrote back and gave me the name of the company, so I looked them up, and I went to contact them from their website. I went to their contact page, and I noticed that their phone number was in area code 515. That's the same area code I have here in Des Moines. And amazingly, the company that makes this game, that uses my song, that I thought was so bizarre to find in a restaurant right here in Des Moines, I mean, what are the odds, right? Well, they turn out to be based in Des Moines, just a few miles away. So go figure. Anyway, I thought I'd share that with you, and I'll let you know what happens when I hear back from them. I wrote their R&D manager asking them how my file ended up in their machine, so it should be fun. And now, finally, we get back to doing a little bit of park hopping, this time rewinding back to February 21st, 2001. 
Disney's California Adventure Park had been open less than two weeks. Now, I originally thought about going out there for the grand opening, but I figured it might end up being better to avoid the initial crowds. And looking back, the initial crowds weren't too terribly huge, but people did camp out overnight to be the first ones in the new American Disney Park. It's the first one built in California since Disneyland opened in 1955. Now, think about that. 45, 46 years between parks in California... Well, Walt Disney World went 11 years between the 1971 opening of the Magic Kingdom and the 1982 opening of Epcot, then another 7 years for the Disney MGM Studios to open in 1989, then 9 more years for the opening of Disney's Animal Kingdom in 1998. Hopefully my basic math skills aren't that far off, but the Florida property was huge, and they had room to open a new park basically every decade on average, while in California, not so much room and not so many new park openings. So this was, was a really big deal for the West Coast. Anyway, as you may know, much has changed at DCA in the past seven years, and several opening year shows, shops, restaurants, and even attractions have been changed or removed. One area of the park, the Grizzly Peak Recreation Area, remains mostly like it was in 2001, including the massive climbing play area, the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. Now, this area saw its first update just a few years after the park opened when the 2003 release of Disney's Brother Bear animated feature came out and the park decided to tie in some of the characters from that animated feature into the area. Some caves were rethemed and a new show called The Magic of Brother Bear was added. This show replaced earlier ones that were located in the Awani Camp Circle Amphitheater. There you could find California State Park Rangers and the Grizzly Guide Stories of California, each offered eight times a day. Today, we're going to have a seat on the log benches, which were mostly out in the sun, and listen to a Native American-dressed storyteller share some stories of California. The second day at Disney's California Adventure and the biggest McDonald's playland I've ever seen. Very big, like like the one at Dino Land at Animal Kingdom, you know. Except this one's got like trees and stuff, and it's it's way cool. Hi there. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to the Awani Camp Circle. Now, for those of you wondering what Awani means, it's the Native American word for deep grass valley. And that's where the Miwok Indians live. And they lived there and they called it Yosemite before it was Yosemite National Park. Now, I have learned quite a lot about the Miwok Indians from the amazing legends they've handed down through the ages. And some of these legends are thousands of years old. And they say that each time a legend is shared with others, that the spirit of the original storyteller is kept alive. And so I continue to pass on the legends. Now, Today, I'm going to tell you a story about courage. Does anybody know what courage means? Can you tell me what courage is? Do you know what that is? Is it something you can see or touch, or is courage something you can feel? That's right. It's something you feel inside your heart. Courage means to be brave. Now, this is a story about someone who had courage. Now, before I begin, I would like to teach you guys the Native American sign for courage, okay? So everyone, with your fists, go like this. Now, with your right fist, strike it downward, like this. Right, now that means courage. Very good, it looks like courage, doesn't it? Someone who's ready to take on anything. Now, throughout this story, 
I'm going to need everyone's help to help me tell this story today. I'm going to need everyone to make the sound of a grizzly bear roaring. And then I'm going to need everyone to make the sound of a wolf howling, okay? So do you guys want to help me tell the story this morning? Want to be a part of this? Yes? Okay. Why don't we warm up, okay? Why don't we practice? On the count of three, I want everyone to give me your most ferocious grizzly bear roar, okay? Ready? One, two, three! Very good. Now on three, everyone howl like a wolf. One, two, three! Very nice. Now, the last thing before I begin. At a certain point in the story, I'm going to ask for your participation and repeating some very important words throughout the story, okay? So, everyone, get ready to help me tell the story of the magic Long, long ago, before there were cities with buildings that reached to the sky, there was a boy who had nothing in this world. He had no family and he had no home. You see, many moons before, his parents had gone away to the great beyond and never returned. The boy was raised by the people in his village who nicknamed him Muyu. Now, Muyu meant acorn because not only was he a tiny baby, but he was like a little acorn that had fallen far from the tree and no longer had a home. But as this boy grew, he became big and strong. He became a good boy, and the villagers showed him much love and care over the years. But the only thing Moody lacked in his heart was courage. And when he became a young man, he would have to go out on his own to find him. One day, Moody went to the mighty chief Tanaya, leader of his tribe, and he said, I want to go on a quest. I want to find my place in this great chain of being. Well, the mighty chief Tanaya, who was the wisest in the village, led Muyu to a shaded area beneath a giant redwood tree. And he said, Muyu, a quest can be a very dangerous undertaking. So to protect you in your journey, I will give you three magic arrows. If ever you are in need or in danger, shoot one of them and you will be safe. But before you use them, look inside yourself to see if you really need them. For once they have been spent, their magic is gone. And he handed Muyu three slender handmade arrows. And he repeated to Muyu one more time, do not waste the arrows. Can you repeat that with me? Do not waste the arrows. So Muyu gratefully took the arrows and he made himself a bow out of the limb of the strongest sequoia tree in the forest. And then he said goodbye to the villagers. And he went forth into the dense forest where he journeyed and hunted for many, many moons. One day, as he was gathering acorns, he heard the sound of a ferocious grizzly bear nearby, and the bear roared! Muyu was afraid, but not nearly so much as when he heard the roar again! Muyu's heart began to pound, and his breath came in gasps, for the bear had smelled him and was fast approaching, 
than some Muyu grabbed an arrow and prepared to shoot it when just then he remembered Chief Tanaya's words. Do not. But this was not waste, for the bear was almost upon him, and so Muyu closed his eyes and he fired an arrow. And you know what? The magic arrow saved him. Moments later, he came upon the fat bear with the arrow inside. And later that evening, Muyu had bear meat for his meal. And then he continued on his quest with only two magic arrows left. Days passed as Muyu journeyed further and further into the forest. Early one morning, when Muyu was still waking from a deep, deep sleep, he heard a strange noise. At first he thought it was hunger speaking to him from his stomach, but then he realized it was the sound of a wolf howling. Muyu was afraid, for the wolf was getting closer because the howl was getting louder. second magic arrow was preparing to fire it when just then he remembered Chief Tanaya's words. Do not waste the arrow. But this was not waste. The wolf was most definitely upon him and so Muyu closed his eyes and he fired an arrow. And then he came upon the wolf with the arrow in its side. Muyu silently thanked Chief Tanaya for his safety. And he cleverly made himself a wolf cloak and continued on his journey with only one magic arrow left. Then one day, as Muyu was stepping over some slippery stones along the banks of a brook, he saw a small village made up of little wooden dwellings. Well, these dwellings were called umachas. Seeing these umachas gave Muyu a strange feeling inside, a feeling he had never quite known before. A feeling of warmth and of happiness. Muyu noticed one small and very poor Umacha, where an elderly couple lived, an old man and an old woman. And the old woman invited Muyu inside and offered him a dish of parched corn to eat. And then she prepared a mat on which Muyu was to sleep. Well, it was not a very comfortable mat, and dwelling really was quite drafty, but to Muyu, it was wonderful. And so the old woman pulled up Muyu's wolf cloak, kissed him goodnight, and that evening Muyu slept like a baby. <sighs> well, the next morning, Muyu woke wanting to thank the old couple for their kindness. And so he grabbed his bow and his last magic arrow, and he prepared to go out into the forest when he remembered Chief Tanaya's words. Do not waste the arrow. But this was not wasting an arrow for he wanted to repay the old couple their kindness. And so Muyu fired his last arrow. And then, later that evening, he returned to the Umacha with several small quail. And there was great rejoicing in the home of the old couple. And so Muyu stayed there and called them grandmother and grandfather. Well, the next morning, the people of the village woke to see a great red eagle with mighty wings and fierce dark eyes circling over their village. It was the same eagle that had been circling now for two days, during which time they had had no success in hunting. The people believed it was a bird of evil omen, for none of their braves had been able to shoot it. Well, Muyu had an idea. 
He went to his grandfather and he said, Grandfather, will you make me some magic arrows? Well, the old man nodded slowly and said, Moo you! As a young boy, I was raised by the shaman of my tribe. And he himself knew how to make magic. And he taught me many things, including how to make magic arrows. Muyu could not believe his good fortune. The old man had made him two magic arrows. And so Muyu took the arrows and prepared to lay in wait for the great red eagle. Well, it was not very long before Muyu spotted the giant bird soaring in the sky. And then, moments later, the mighty eagle spotted Muyu. The giant bird dove down, swooping over Muyu, its talons brushing against his head. But Muyu was not afraid, for he had his magic arrows. And so he grabbed his bow, and he grabbed a magic arrow, and then he waited looking towards the sky. And then he saw the mighty bird, and the bird was swooping towards Muyu, and the bird went out a bone, rattling, cry, Aah! and it pulled up the arrow right out of Muyu's hand, and then disappeared into the sky. Muyu could hear the bird's cry echo through the hills. It sounded like a taunting laugh. And Muyu had only one magic arrow left. And if he did not use it properly, the mighty bird would surely devour him and his village. And so Muyu very carefully and slowly placed his last arrow against the bow. And he pulled back, holding his breath. And then, and then he saw the giant bird. And this time the bird was swooping straight towards Muyu in a death-defying dive. But Muyu did not close his eyes. And Muyu did not run and hide. No. In fact, legend has it that Muyu stared straight at the ferocious bird as it dove closer and closer and closer until the mighty bird was so close, Muyu could see his reflection in its eyes. And Muyu fired his last arrow, and the bird crashed to the ground at his feet. The thankful people of the village gathered around this miraculous sight. They were in awe of Muyu. He had saved the village. And then when Muyu went home, his grandfather said, Oh, Muyu, you have grown into a brave, strong warrior. And I am proud to have you as my grandson. And Muyu, with tears in his eyes, hugged his grandfather and thanked him for giving him courage. But Muyu had gained more than simply courage on his quest. Muyu had found his place. He had found a family. Muyu had found a home. The end. Thank you, and thank you for the wonderful bear and wolf noises. And remember, each and every one of you already has courage within your hearts. All you have to do is look for it, believe in it, and then you can accomplish many great and wonderful things. Thank you so much for coming. Have a good day here at the park. And now you know the rest of the stories of California, or at least one of them. 
Now, if you'd like some visuals to go with that audio, I have thousands of photos from Disney's California Adventure taken opening year, so drop by DisneyFans.com. If you're curious about how the park looked just seven short years ago, I even have hundreds taken in the Grizzly Peak area. I also have a full video of this storytelling experience that I'll try to post to the Park Hopping video podcast feed sometimes in the near future. And speaking of the future, I'm hoping to find time to get back out to Disneyland one last time before my annual pass expires the end of this year. Originally, the, uh, the time to go was going to be in uh, early October, but now I'm thinking maybe going a few months later when the Christmas decorations are up. I mean, that's such a fun time to be in the park. At least I think so. And speaking about being in the park, the next time you're there, be sure to take an extra picture, shoot some extra video, because you really never know when something you like, love, or hate is going to go away and never be around again, or just be replaced with talking Canadian bears, eh? And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time, so be sure to visit DisneyFans.com, where you can browse around 53,000 digital pictures I've taken at Disneyland, Disney World, and other theme parks across the country, as well as dozens of downloadable video files from the Disney parks. And if you want to drop me a note, my email address is podcast at DisneyFans.com. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 72, DCA Stories of California. Thank you so much for listening. Another Crappy Podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting <sighs> podcasts. The Park Hopping Podcast is a fan-produced podcast and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company in any way, shape, or form. It's just some guy sitting in his bedroom in Des Moines, Iowa, talking about something he likes. So, please don't sue me. Thank you.